you've found the only podcast that crashed that one open mic with crappy dad jokes and now everybody pretends they don't know us, hey, let me ask you something. On this episode, Kristen and Ralph welcome their guests Ryan T. Barlow and Neil P. Bardhan. Ryan is a Philadelphia-based humorist, host of People of Interest, co-host of My Dinner with Ryan Neil P.T. Bardenlow, and a bass player and songwriter for the Mean Wendy Band, all of which I hear are very funny. Neil is the director of Applied Storytelling at First Person Arts, where he is also a producer for the Hashtag US Unique and Shared Experiences podcast. He also serves as executive director at Broad Street Review, and he is Ryan's co-host on My Dinner with Ryan Neil P.T. Bardenlow. And I hear is Philadelphia's leading expert on breakfast sandwiches. Don't forget to rate our show and give us a follow, a like, or subscribe. We love what we do and we want to inspire more people to ask more questions and have more interesting conversations. And as always, the views expressed on the Hey, Let Me Ask You Something podcast are solely the opinions of your hosts, Kristen Wood and Ralph Andracchio, and are based on their years of practical and clinical experience. These opinions do not constitute any kind of advice, diagnosis, or treatment of any mental, physical, or emotional issues. If you are having an emergency or a serious ongoing situation, please contact your local hospital or a trusted professional. You can find this complete disclaimer on our podcast homepage. And now, on with the show. You ready? I'm ready. All right. I'm so excited. Season two. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, God, I missed you. When we last left our characters in Riverdale. <laughs> right. I, uh, no, I don't watch Riverdale. I'm sure it's a wonderful show. I do not watch it. If you, if you were a, a comic book character, who would you be? Wonder Woman. Oh. I mean, that took nothing. Good. Right yeah. There. Wow. I was Wonder I was Wonder prepared. Woman as a child. As I've been Wonder Woman as an adult for Halloween. I feel she's in my... She's Heart. the go-to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, How about you? Set. Uh, all right. I'll. I'll answer. Oh, who would I be if I was a? I kind of. I'm leaning towards Doctor Strange right now, or Doctor Strange or Iron Man, because I just like how how um, dry they are. Like wit. Like they're they're funny about stuff. They don't take themselves too seriously. Okay. Captain America takes himself way too seriously. Well, and he's a captain. I mean, he thinks. I know. would. I would be at least a, he, a general. What's he a captain of? I would be General Mayhem. That sounds like a, vi- a villain, but. I don't even know Marvel enough. I'm going yeah. with this conversation, trying to sound like I'm giving intelligent <laughs> answers, but I don't even know if I know what Doctor Strange looks like. So um, it's truth. Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. That's right. we'll, we'll Google him. We just <laughs> had to Google Christopher Maloney's butt because she, because you didn't have any idea. Who that I was. did not know about the butt. Uh, that yeah, else knew I was worried to Google it because I didn't know what would come up. Right, you never, you yeah, never you know. You don't know what could come I up. I do not have a child filter. It stayed right on his butt. Well, it's pictures. yeah, yeah. But well, it's, it's Thank God. Thank God. acting schmacting. Look at that <laughs> rear end. Um, uh, going back to Wonder Woman, would it be seventies Wonder Woman or would it be Gal Gadot? No, absolutely seventies. Linda Carter, that's she who is, I grew up with. Yeah. On this new wave stuff is, you know, I'm, I'm an older woman, yeah. <laughs> so my Wonder Woman's Linda Carter in my head. This right. new Wonder Woman, she's fine, great. <laughs> I don't know anything about her. Gal Gadot, I, but if you're listening, that's not you're fine. my. No, yeah, it's not like. I don't have a connect to her. The connect is to the younger, old school right. Wonder Woman. We always connect with what we grew up, yeah. grew up yeah. with. That's like me and the Transformers. I'm always going to be old school 
Transformers uh, animation, not any of the newfangled. Not except Marky Wal- any of these new guys. Marky Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Um, so something new to kick off season two for us. Uh, we have our first ever guests. Yay. I'm very excited. They bought questions for us to talk about. Um, they are old friends and we are going to introduce them right now because we were on their show not too long ago yes and that was super fun it was we ate super food, fun which was great we ate food we talked it was wonderful uh and so now they're here returning the favor so i would like to introduce to everybody ryan t barlow and neil t bardhan to the show welcome guys hey thank you for hello. having us hello and if anybody's wondering the t stands for tiberius it's, it's, oh. uh, that's apocryphal, but, but we'll go with it. <laughs> it there's there's um, a version of the Ryan and Neil universe where we actually uh, come from the same family, uh, but we're like third cousins. Yeah. Yeah. It's the alternate. Everybody's into alternate timelines. Speaking of the Marvel universe. That's right. Yeah, it is. Timelines, so right. there you go. And, and uh, speaking of timelines, I'd like to say that you you said that we're old friends, but it was ambiguous if Ryan and I are old friends of each other or if Ryan and I are old friends of you two. I, I like to keep it ambiguous. I'm, I'm from the M night Shyamalan school of storytelling. So we'll, we'll find out by the end of this episode (laughs) in a shocking twist that everybody's all coming. This is what Uh, the listeners come for. What? (laughs) Everyone's going to stay tuned for this entire episode. (laughs) They like it turns out they were never bit. friends. They, yeah. <laughs> it um, turns out we're all just we're we're new friends, but we're all ninety years old. Yes, <laughs> that's what it's, yeah. We all went to that beach. I haven't right. seen that movie still. Old, old. Yeah, it's called old. It's called old. It's, it's called old. Okay. I'm not speaking of M Night Shyamalan. It's his new no. joint, his new jam. Oh, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I saw the. I mean, spoiler okay. alert. I don't. I. I think it's the. It's on the poster. You go to a beach. It makes you old. Yeah, it's pretty right. clear from the trailer. Well, well spoiled. I think. I think. I think well, spoiled. Cool. well spoiled. Well spoiled. Well, maybe. Well, maybe. Well, maybe the spoiled. twist is that no one's actually old. What? Yeah. Right. It's like keeping up with the Kardashians. Do you, Do you think maybe. turtles have a sense of how old they are? <laughs> That's a really good question. Is that your question for the No, episode? that's not my question. If, if, if that's my one question for this episode, I retract it. <laughs> uh, I, I would say... I, I would say no. I think turtles are just born crotchety. And, and so slow. They, and slow. They're always, it's not like they slow down. Yeah. They are slow from day one. And that's what, that's what makes them live so long is because they're just born... In first gear, and they well, never the shell might help. Shift. Well, that's, yeah, that's right. sure. Um, so, uh, just a little bit of backstory: Ryan and Neil and I uh, know each other from comedy, from around the city. Um, the they have a wonderful. They have a wonderful show, um, and I can't even pronounce it. <laughs> you have okay. to try. We're your guests. Uh, it's it's uh, <laughs> dinner with Ryan Neil T Barlahan. P.T. Barlahan. Bard Hanlow. Bard Hanlow. Bard Hanlow? Yeah. I almost had it. Uh, it's, a, it's a really funny show, so if you, if you have a chance, you'll get to plug it at the end of this show. But uh, So we were on your show previously. You're here. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And um, since this name of this show is Hey, Let Me Ask You Something, uh, we ask that you guys bring a question or two for us to dig into. So what do you got for us today? 
Oh, Ryan, are you going first or am I? That's my that's my question uh, for you, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought let me ask you something. I thought you were the me and I was the you, but I guess we're the me and you're this the show you. Is falling apart. <laughs> not even they did not do their out. homework. Yeah, no, no I do have a I question. older is Ryan the beach. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have a question. Please. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, uh, doing the show, uh, you know, I do the show with Neil. Uh, I have uh, another show, People of Interest, um, and I've, I've, uh, I'm in a band, which I'll plug later. Um, and it's fun doing all of those things, but the upkeep of doing a show, the marketing, the guest wrangling, the last minute, like, ah, you know, is not fun. And I'm doing these things essentially, you know, while I'd love to one day, you know, oh, someone saw this thing and now you're famous. Great. Um, I'm really, I'm just doing it for myself. And it's like, if I'm doing this for myself and I have this one, you know, hour or two hours of enjoyment out of like, you know, the nightmare of all the other stuff. Like, how do I, how do I, you know, not get overcome? You know, how do I, you know, keep the joy at the top and not get buried under the like, the. Oh man. Wow. That's a yeah. deep one. Wow. You did do your homework. A plus on your homework. So right far. out the gates. Deep. Should have went with the turtle question. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I I have a maybe related question that I can okay. throw. Like, this is the one that I brought in um, separately from Ryan. But um, maybe maybe there's some overlap to discuss. I don't know. Uh, so I hope I'm not breaking the format for anybody. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we already broke it. We already, we already <laughs> broke it with the turtle business. Yeah. I look at what I'm doing and I wonder. And, and so, right, I have, like, my comedy creative life that is public facing and so on, but I also have like creative endeavors kind of individual at home that aren't going public yet. And what I always think about is how do I balance my like internal creative drive and goals and passions um, alongside the uh, productive uh, ways to make money. Like, you know, I have a full-time job plus some other things that are their own creative (laughs) things, but are not, you know, I'm not a full-time humorist, essayist, uh, man about town. Um, I, I do spreadsheets and emails for a living. Yeah. Right. Um, so how do I, how do I find the balance in that? Um, that's something that I, I think a lot about and it's maybe it's this, a different side of the, the Ryan's question coin. I don't know. Well, I guess it is kind of related cause it's like, when does your hobby start to feel like work? And then, you know, does, does that, you know, should your hobby have to feel like work? And then it's like, what are you doing if you're neglecting your work for your hobby and vice versa? Yes. So I'm hearing, um, first of all, boundaries, healthy boundaries in terms of work, hobby, play, etc. But also Ryan brought up a good point about joy and happiness. What brings me joy what do I expend my time on that makes me happy and fulfilled versus things that, you know, maybe don't, but bring in a paycheck. What are, what are you hearing? There was a lot. I'm still <laughs> digesting. They're so really great. Those are great questions. I mean, really great questions. I'm just like, ah, that's a lot. That's a lot to sift through. I think 
this has actually come up in my own work. And as always, I think I say this every week, I have a client in my head right now is that mm-hmm. as we're having this conversation that I might need to point towards this episode. But I think um, it's a balancing act that we've touched on this before that sometimes might need, it, it's not always 50-50. It could be, you know, 70-20 or what, or 70-30. I can't do math. I'm a social worker. But, you know, it's depending on what, the time what's going on at some point right so if you've got something or really big project for your spreadsheets your, your work your full-time work rather then you may need to push the side the creative mm-hmm. piece for a while but then you, when that slows down just for instance if that ever happens you can maybe expend less time on your full-time job and, and spend more you know on, on the actual hobby or the creative piece so I think it's it's a balancing act. I know how you feel about that word, but we're using it again. Yeah, today. no, that's fine. It's sort of a balancing act of, of all the different things going on. And I think to touch on what Ryan said, I think you have to continue to evaluate whether <laughs> how much joy am I getting versus pain and feeling the tediousness or whatever the word is, if that even is a word, of, of all the stuff I don't like to do. Is it worth it? Yeah, my, my, I think a question I would ask you is what got you into, what drew you to those things in the first place that, you know, are bringing you joy, the comedy, the, the mm-hmm. storytelling, the band, all that other stuff. Uh, it, it's funny because um, I think what kind of like the nutshell of this is I did like stand up comedy like twice in my life and I loved writing jokes and I loved performing jokes and I hated editing jokes and memorizing them. And it's like, it's like the, like, but you can't, you couldn't, you can't do one without the other. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, or, uh, you know, I did storytelling for a while. So Neil, Neil, see, Neil seen the, the videos. Um, and it's like, okay, you have the story, you have to craft it. You have to get it to that point where it's ready for everyone. And then it's like, it's, you know, there's kind of a fun process of it, but then you're memorizing it. You're trying to get the cadence down. You're trying to get everything under into a certain time frame. And then it's like, you know, and then you get five minutes of joy of like t- telling this story to everyone and people laugh when they're supposed to laugh and you feel great. And like, yeah, that high is like so huge, but it's like, uh, it's, it's hard to say like, okay, well, X hours of marketing my show gives me, you know, uh, matches up to 40 minutes of happiness of me landing jokes and, and whatever, and, and, you know, laughing and, you know, and, uh, talking to an interesting person while people write in comments. And it's like, it's hard to like, it's like, what is, what is that ratio between the two? Yeah. I, I, go ahead, Neil. I, I just started thinking about something and it was kind of inspired by a conversation I had earlier today. And, if the question is like, where does the joy live or like, when do you find the joy? Um, I've just started thinking about it particularly, particularly for something like performing comedy that there's like the process behind it. You know, the, the improv practices or the, the writing of the standup, there's the process, there's the product and the performance of that product. The like, okay, now I'm on stage telling the jokes. Um, there's the reaction to it. Uh, there's probably a good P word for that. Um, you know, what, what is the audience laughing basically? Um, and then there's the idea of it all. I think some people fall in love with the idea of doing comedy or performing 
and are like, oh, no, now I now I have to write. Now I have to edit. Oh, no. Um, I've been in love with this idea this whole time. And I think and, and like all this is a is a timeline, right? Like you can be in love with different parts of it at different times. Um, and then at some point you're like, oh, I used to enjoy the process. And now I no longer like improv rehearsals. I'm only going to do pickup shows or some some version of that. Um, and I don't have a good answer for this myself. I just realized like for uh, for a lot of this, I'm in love with the idea of it. I also love having a product, but not necessarily the process to get it there. And this is a common refrain for specifically writing. Um, but I think it's I think it's applicable to a lot of creative endeavors. Um, and I don't do visual art or things like that, but. Um, that it's it's worth checking out. Like, yeah, what's what is fun in all this? When when does it feel fun, if ever, for for me? And also, you bring up a good point about falling in love with it, and I that immediately made me think of not just the the things you talked about, the process, the presentation, you know, the the afterglow, you know, the mm-hmm. you know, call it all what you will, but I think it's the whole kit and caboodle of you know, oh, comedy, there's, and as soon as you say, I'm a comedian or I work in comedy, immediately people have the shorthand in their head of, oh, you go to bars and you tell jokes and you get to go out on the road and you do these specials and you hang out with all these cool people. Or like, if you say, oh, I'm an artist and I make jewelry, you immediately have the shorthand in your head of, oh, it's this this woman who wears flowery dresses and she she's making, you know, uh, really beautiful uh, jewelry on this wooden table in a shed in her backyard and she has three poodles. And it's like, and it could be different for different people, but I think we fall in love with the whole giant idea writ large of this hobby or this without realizing, like you said, all the work that goes into it. Yeah. We don't realize the work. It's just like we fall in love with that idealized version of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You can also love something and be really into something and then get and then try to do it yourself and be like, oh, this is not for me. You know, I mean, you can <laughs> you can really love comedy and watch comedies all day long, go to every comedy show and then be like, I think I'm funny. I'm going to do comedy. And like, A, you may not be funny and B, <laughs> you you may not enjoy any of the process or or. So, yeah, I don't know if, I mean, I think I'm speaking to the same points. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I've met people in the past few years that I've been kind of in the performing world, people who say, I love comedy and I will never perform it because mm-hmm. they're like, this is, I don't like being on stage. I don't think there's any version of me that performs comedy. I'm just a really going to enjoy that. And I think that's interesting because in a lot of other artistic forms, that's encouraged and accepted, but comedy appears accessible to so many people. So it's it's easier to be an amateur. This is a here's a statement. It's easier to be an amateur <laughs> stand-up comedian than it is to be an amateur opera singer. Accurate, right? So <laughs> opera can have all these fans, and nobody looks at them and says like, "Oh, why don't you try opera sometime?" Right? Um, does, does opera have a lot of fans? <laughs> right. I'm like, I mean, I, they're all wearing ball gowns and have you know opera glasses and oh, monocles right. and yeah. And, and in my in the defense of many people who I know who work in the opera world, they're trying to fight that stereotype, right? right. They're like, look, there's op- there are new operas being written, and it it can be for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also not saying we're having an open mic night, right? Yeah. Okay, here's an idea for our next podcast series: it's opera <laughs> open mics. 
<laughs> I would I would go to that. I'm like very weirdly would be into that. Of like, yeah. and it, it has to be at a bar though, because it has to be like <laughs> somebody shows up drunk. Like I could do I could do this. Yeah. This is what I've been trying to do my whole life. His yeah, girlfriend's like, trying to hold him back. Johnny, don't. No, I didn't do that. Uh, I could do it. I got it. warm up. Me, 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 uh, me, me, me. I can do Swan Lake. What key uh, is this in? Is this in? Uh, we, um, we, we knew we would start doing bits at some point. We just didn't know. We didn't know when. it would be a lot of <laughs> This show is going to devolve into just bits. It's fine. It's fine. Well, yeah, I was thinking of another thing, too, is that, like, you know, like there's the whole aspect of like loving it and you know, you want to do it because you, you love it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, have you ever read, there's a, there's a great book on comedy called poking a dead frog, which is mm-hmm. the idea is that like trying to dissect comedy is just poking a dead frog. And that as soon as you try to dissect it, it's not funny anymore. And so it's all these interviews with all these uh, comedians. And so, uh, uh, the one comedian, Tom Sharpling, who does the best show on WFMU, uh, he was just saying like he does that show he does that show for three hours like every saturday for free like he doesn't get paid to do it and so one of the things i always struggled with was like oh i'm in comedy because i want to get to the point where i'm paid to do comedy and not have to go to my you know all of the terrible desk jobs that i've had throughout you know the course of my life and it's like that idea of being because i think there's there's like sort of a this is like a holdover from like you know like our parents and our parents' generation was like, you need to be fulfilled at work. And, you know, your work should be like, you know, oh, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, which is ridiculous because who's, who's, like what percentage, like what like tiny, tiny percentage of the world actually has that kind of a job. But so it's part of that is like, it's like, okay, I love doing this. I love the jokes. I love, you know, doing bits. I love writing this stuff. You know, I love writing the characters and, uh, you know, but at, like, there's definitely always going to be a part of me that's like, I hope this becomes a thing. And then, then someone pays me to do it. Mm-hmm. And so, and you can't like, you know, and I could just put on a show every, you know, month or whatever. And, you know, no one comes to it, but I'm like, you know, enjoying myself. But it like, it needs like, it needs something where it's like, I'm driving to something. Like, it can't just be like, all right, I'm telling jokes. Like, otherwise I could just be telling jokes into like a, you know, blank monitor or something, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that break for me, that brings up the question of what is this worth to you? You know, our time is worth something. We get paid for our time when we do a job, mm-hmm. but a lot of times, unfortunately in the arts or with hobbies, you don't necessarily get paid for all the time and energy that you put into something. And so for me, the question would be, you know, you started out with, I love doing this specific thing, but it's starting to like wear on me that it's so much preparation to do this thing. And then I ask, what, what is it worth to you? What, how much is that love worth to you? And is it okay that the worth changes? That's what I was thinking. I I think it could change over time. Right. And, you know, in the beginning, maybe a blank monitor or one or two people or whatever it is. (laughs) would be like, okay, but I'm finally doing what I love to be doing, right? But after you're doing that over time and over time and you're not, it hasn't quite gotten you where you want to go, then maybe it's time to reevaluate it because I think it's perfectly makes sense to me that over time, putting that much energy and passion into something that you love could start to 
make it less of something you love. I'm not saying this is for you, Ryan, but right. I'm or Neil, but like I'm just saying that could happen that it's it's now spending so much time and energy and you're not getting what you want from it. Um, no longer feeling that like love for it, at least in the capacity of doing it yourself. I think that I lost my train of thought, which happens every week. I'll pick up on that, I think, uh, which yeah. is like, there's there's two related questions that are I would find valuable in asking myself about any of these endeavors, right? And this is true for um, you know quote unquote day jobs as well, right? Is like uh, how is this serving me, and uh, and what is this costing me? Um, and I've had hard talks with myself in my comedy life where I've looked at you know literally my receipts from things, and I'm just like, did I just spend? $60 to perform in front of three people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you did. Why did I do that? Why did I, why did I do that? Right. Did that serve me? It wasn't a good show. Um, and the audience, you know, didn't enjoy it. And like, yeah, this this cost me a great, a fair amount, considering it didn't benefit me much. And I, I don't think there's necessarily like a, a formal calculus to do, despite all my spreadsheets and emails. Right. Um, but I think... It's it's sometimes worth it to say like, wow, this isn't fun, and I I I don't feel like I'm developing as a creative person, and I'm losing money at it, and maybe I need to take a break, um, or or maybe I need to try rock climbing or cupcake decorating, um, <laughs> both at the same time. <laughs> yes. yes. You know what? Look, maybe that's the new improv. <laughs> <laughs> They're all rock gyms watching people. I think part of it, too, is your expectations. That's the word that's coming up for me. So when you start doing it, and I think this is many people, maybe it's you guys, too, the expectation, the plan, the hope is that this can become your full-time thing. But I think there's also other people that there's probably ranges to that. And there could be somebody that I really love to do this. I'm going to do it anyway. If this pops off to be something that I can actually make a living off of, great. And then there's people that just want to do it because they want to do it. Or I don't know what order I'm going in, but I think you yeah, get more yeah, going. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think the expectations of of it is also really important to evaluate. You know, and maybe you start off doing it just because you love it. And, oh, my God, this is so fun. I love doing this. And then after a while, like, all right, this has been fun and all, but, like, I need to make some money off of this because my day job sucks or whatever the case <laughs> may be. But so sort of just, like, what do you – want from it and why are you doing it and what do we I think is another big important piece to this yeah and that and that makes me think of uh people who love to do karaoke popped into my head you know there's people that just love Friday night they look forward to going to the local bar that has karaoke getting up on stage building out a few tunes having some drinks hanging out with their friend that's it like they're not looking to be a star they're not looking to get on American Idol if that's still around I don't know it is uh, great and I, I, <laughs> and, I, and it's like that they're satisfied with that that's their thing but if you know then it opens there's the other kind of people who want it to be something else and that's fine too but then that also leads me to ask the question why is it so hard to say I'm done with this? I'm going to move away from this. Cause I think as a society, we sometimes have it ingrained in us that, Oh, I'm expending this time and energy on this thing. I need to stick with it because I'm going to, I'm going to make something and I'm going to, you know, we have a problem with saying I can, I'm going to let this go because it's not serving me. 
Because I've, you know, I've had this conversation with clients before where they're like, I've wasted my time doing this. And I also, and I always ask them, what do you mean wasted your time? You know? So, because if you guys stepped away from comedy in some way, would you feel like you've wasted your time? Or would you feel like, oh, it was time for me to move on to something else? Temporarily or permanently. Temporarily or permanently. Yeah. Well, the other thing too is that, like, uh, you know, when you're in the thick of the of the 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 tedium of uh, of like putting a show together, and then it's like, and like, why am I doing this? And then you do the show, and you're like, oh my god, yes, of That's course, right. I love the show. And it's like, but it's like, it's like that that hit at the end of it is like, it's so like addictive. Where then it's like when you're, you're like, what am I doing? Like, why why am I even doing this? You know, this is like such a pain in the butt. Like, what? Like, no one's even going to see this, like, whatever. And then you're, like, you're in there, and you're just like, yes, this is perfect. I love this moment. And it's like, but you have to do, like, so much work to just get that one tiny moment, which is probably true, I mean, of most arts. You know, it's like, yeah. if you're doing a play, you have to rehearse it forever. And if you're painting something, you're painting it forever, unless you're, like, Picasso, and you're doing two strokes, and everybody thinks you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan hates Picasso, is what this yeah. episode has revealed. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to avoid Picasso, but here we are. Jeez, who have you ever seen? There's a there's a Picasso museum. In, there's a Picasso museum in uh, Barcelona, and uh, they have like the, you know they have all like the various like ephemera. And so they have stuff from when he was like a kid at like art school, and his like paintings were like photorealistic. Like it was like he it was like the shadow, and I was like, oh my god, that's amazing! And he's drawing all these squiggles and stuff. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you're like i can drink i can drink that squiggle i i was just gonna bring that up because a lot of, so it seems like we're focused on the arts but i think anytime you look at somebody doing something that they're really good at and they make it look effortless every armchair quarterback to use the term loosely is going to be like what you you went to school for that i can, yeah. I can do that <laughs> Yeah. What, what is she doing? Yeah, it's it it slipping in a Delco for a second. Sorry, he's getting a little Delco in there. A little Delco in there. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people they slip into that like, oh, that's that looks so Picasso. He just made a bunch of squiggles and made right. like a billion yeah. dollar. I could have done that, yeah. you know. Yeah, and it's um, not they don't see the preparation and right. the years of you know blood, sweat, and tears that goes into it. And I think sometimes that's what makes people so reticent to step away from something mm-hmm. when it's not serving them anymore. Cause it's like, I spent all this time getting these skills that I'm now never going to use again. And I always say, I don't know about that. You never right. know. And to, you know, I, I believe that those skills are transferable no matter right. what they are, they're going to help you somewhere else. Yeah. I think about, um, a, a pottery class I took 15 plus years ago. Now it was a, you know, six week, uh, art center for adults class where I had no intentions of becoming the next big ceramicist. Yeah. <laughs> you were, you were like, just, it was just like file, not the best I had was uh, Seth Rogen. And I was like, I, you know what? I'm, I'm going to leave that one. Yeah. Uh, Ghost came into my mind. The movie oh, Ghost. right. Yeah. 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 Um, but, that was a class where one thing I learned was I, I probably wasn't going to take the next level <laughs> class. Um, 
I kind of enjoyed getting my hands dirty, but not really. So that was useful. Um, I, I luckily, you know, had some products of mugs and bowls that are very bad. Um, they're functional, but they're bad. Um, and yeah, I just get to look back at that and say, how funny I did that thing once. Not a big deal. I didn't feel like I wasted my time or my money or, or anything. Um, I just checked a thing off the list and said, I guess I'm not doing that again. And, and I feel fine about that. Um, and then kind of on the, on the other side of the investment, like comedy, I've learned so much from comedy, met really wonderful people. And if, yeah, if I stepped away for the next three months, three years or 300 years, I still, I think I'd be able to say like, I am glad I did it. Um, there was, there was a lot of good stuff in there. Um, but it, it would still be a very, it would be a harder decision certainly than, um, quitting clay class. <laughs> yeah. It is interesting. Cause it's like, uh, uh, quitting like comedy is like just a non-starter for me because it took me a really long time. I was at this, um, this is my second job uh, that I ever, uh, like in like official job capacity in career mode. And I just like, I just hated it so much. Like this boss just had it out for me. Like it just, She's just a miserable person in general. I'm not saying that like, oh, this person. Like she just was like a person who wanted to make everyone miserable too. So, um, and I was just like, I needed, and I was just like, I should be doing something that like is bringing me some sort of joy of like, and this is just like so soul crushing. And I'm like, I am a funny person. I should be doing funny things. And like at the time, I was doing storytelling and I was like running out of stories to tell. So I was like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, and then, um, my wife got me uh, a gift certificate to take improv classes. And that was, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's like, this is what that thing was that was missing from my life. And like, from that point, I've never not been doing comedy in some capacity. And it's like, it's so, it is kind of like, it, it is kind of like, all right. So I know what, I know what the, you know, sort of the, the payoff is and it's like, you know, and what are the costs to get to that point? Like, does this have to be, you know, this particular show, mm-hmm. is there a different thing I could be doing that would be easier that would still get me to that, you know, sort of payoff. Yeah. And because of the pandemic, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not, no, sorry. Well, not where I thought that was going. No, cool. no. Good. Pandemic ruined everything. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, good I, to hear yeah. that our show that started during the pandemic uh, isn't doing it for you, Ryan. Thanks for letting me know. No, it, it, that one's that one's the easiest of the of my uh, ventures, I would say. Although um, not always, not mm. always. Sometimes you know the hardest part. You know the hardest part of that show is doing the dishes afterwards. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm always, I'm like coming down from a great show. I'm like, it's a great conversation. Love it. We had so many jokes. And then I'm like, ah, so many dishes in the sink. It, it really grounds you as like, yeah. oh, I'm not such a hot shot <laughs> professional. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm still a dude in my house who's doing my, my own dishes. Right. Because oh I made God. dishes dirty during my comedy show. I'm like, why did I make this? this a true rock star would just throw them out the window. Right. <laughs> and buy more. So or, yeah. use, or use paper plates. Yeah. No, go. but I need the, in the cookware. The, the problem is the cookware itself of like the oh. actual... Because uh, everything else goes in the dishwasher, but it's like the pots and pans and the cutting boards and the, you know. Um, so, uh, <laughs> this, 
<laughs> this is now a dishwashing complaint it's podcast. Not. Everybody came for the comedy in question. Yeah. They stayed for the dishwashing tips. I just uh, got a new dishwasher because my old one broke. It's very expensive. All right. Don't... Okay. All right. <laughs> Quit rubbing your wealth in our faces, Barlow. Uh, Kristen, you had a point to make? I don't, yeah, I'm kind of going back a minute. Mm-hmm. This whole concept, I'm doing the therapist thing now. So <laughs> this whole concept of waste of time, you know, I hear this so much. And I think it's, we all do it. And I don't know, I don't know if I know exactly why, because honestly, all it does <clears throat> when we look at it that way is make us feel like crap, number mm-hmm. one make us feel bad about ourselves and kind of look at something as a fail. When it's like, you know, if you went to school to become a nurse and then you ended up going, becoming an engineer, is being able to look at it through the lens of what did I gain and what did I learn? Because I know I sound like a Hallmark card right now, but like literally everything that we do and experience, uh, especially as a hobby or a a work experience, even the worst, right? We are learning and gaining from all of it. And I also believe that it points, it's all building to, to us to go to the next thing. Right. So I always challenge people to kind of, I was doing this just the other day with um, looking at a situation through a different lens so that, it, that you don't view it so negatively. Because like you were saying, Ryan, you know, maybe it's not this thing now anymore that I want to do, but maybe I need to move to another creative thing. And that that's going to fill that for me and keep that joy alive around something I love to do. And um, two points I want to make just because they they popped into my head as you were talking. Number one, um, words matter. So saying I'm going to quit this thing has a very negative connotation to it. And I, I'm always, I'm always um, supporting people and challenging them to reframe it in a positive, like I'm going to step away from this or like, I, I you know, I'm gonna put this on the, the back burner or the side for a minute because I have other things that are taking my time, you know? I was actually talking to somebody who was saying that they were unfocused or, you know, and I, I always had a problem with unfocused because we never really don't focus on something. We're just focused on the thing that we didn't expect to be focused on. So it's not like, you know what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's like we're being mindful of where you're putting your energy. So be mindful of the words we're using to describe what we do and how we're, you know, how it fits into our life is important. And number two, um, I always try to be mindful of the privilege of it as well. Cause a lot of the things we're talking about, you know, taking comedy classes, taking pottery class, you know, some dishwashers, people sometimes don't have access to those things. So I want to expand the idea of what we're talking about as hobbies or, you know, things that we love that we try to make time for as literally anything. If you have time, if you make time for it during the course of your day, no matter how busy you are, even if it's like reading a book or like doing a sketch or something, you know, it that matters and that that means that that's filling something in your life that is necessary for you to unwind fulfill yourself in a creative way so take what we're saying uh as more of an expanded view of what hobbies and and you know that kind of thing can be definitely it's interesting too because i think kind of like an underpinning of what we've been talking about today is that like in a lot of these instances it's the destination not the journey like, you know what I mean? It's you're like, oh, this was a waste of time. Like, no, no. Like, where did you end up? Like, you, you spent eight hours finding out you don't like to do pottery. Like, that end result is like, you know, that's you know, that's a good thing to find out because you could have spent how many hours wondering if you would be good at pottery, 
Um, you know, and this is something like in my career, it's always, you know, every time I've had a bad job, it's like, well, now, you know, something you don't like, and that's going to make your search a little bit better. So your next job is going to sound, is going to be better because you're like, I don't want to work with this kind of person. I don't want to do this kind of work. I don't want to, you know, uh, I I do want to work with these kind of people. I do want to be in a situation where I'm respected. And so, um, you know, a lot of that is like, you know, I think you don't want to ignore the journey of like, well, what was, what were the hardships that you went through? But it's like, in this instance, let's just focus on where you ended up. Mm, that's, that's a great point. It's more about the journey of it and not, cause you don't really, you know, it's any hobby or pastime or something that we do cause we love it. There is no end point to it. Like, Oh, I, I collected a stamp. Great. Right. Yeah. I am now done with stamp club. You know, it's, that yeah. doesn't work like that. We always do more and look for different things and different outlets and what else can I do with this? So that's a great point that thinking of it in terms of the journey aspect and not just like, where did I end up? You, well, you, you didn't end up anywhere. You're still on the journey somewhere. Right. And it's hard to have patience sometimes with the journey. It's hard to be able to recognize what you do know and what you have learned, especially when you're just starting on that journey when there's still so much uncertainty around where this is gonna end up and so many questions you still have to answer. It's so difficult to be able to, I'll, I'll get a little little dramatic or whatever the, whatever the word is and say celebrate the things you have figured out when you have five, uh, 500 other questions of things you still haven't figured out and that you're, so the patience along the way is really tough often. I'm thinking, I find myself thinking about um, like the messaging in our culture about time and value of uh, mm-hmm. energy spent and, you know, like, oh, you know, time is money. And like, is it, is it really? Um, and how people, people love to say like, oh, well, they, yeah, this is on the like wasted your time point. It's like, not really. Like, unless you truly learned nothing from your attempt to write poetry you know, for five minutes a day, or you, you learned nothing from your pottery class. Uh, and then similarly, like in relationships too, it's like, did I, did I waste my time with that friendship or that connection to somebody? No, I just learned like Ryan's job, like that person, that timing just wasn't right for me. Now I'm a different person. We've all moved on. The universe has changed. The cells in my bodies are different. Great. Now I'm set up for something else. Um, and so certainly I think within the world of, um, hobbies and self-expression, um, I think it's really easy to be like, Oh, what a, what a waste of time. But it's, it's really not because if it's fulfilling in that moment or an exploration, great, you know, Uh, you you at least had that opportunity and and we're, we're able to follow on it on some way. Right. And it's a great point that even if we had a completely negative experience, we still learn something. Now I know I do not like X, you know, the relationship and the friend thing. Like now I know I don't like sailors named Jeb, you know, because <laughs> I dated one and wow, that was quite the experience. So, you know, we, we always learn something no matter what from things that we do. That's why I encourage people to try different things. You know, if, if, if it's, if it's a low and or no cost, you know, the, the, the least amount of barriers, the better, if it's, if you have the time to do it and you have the money to do it and it's not gonna, it's not gonna bankrupt you or like take you away from other things and you want to try it, try it. You know, the, 
So, okay, great. I took a cooking class. I hate cooking now. Awesome. You learned something. <laughs> that would happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I hate cooking now and I hate it after that. <laughs> but it's all a learning process, no matter what. You know? Right. And a lot of times, Neil, you brought up a good pa- point about, especially in American culture. Yes. It's very, it's very corporate and commodified and, you know, oh, is this going to make me money? Is this going to, you know, further my career? Well, then I don't want to do it, you know? Just do stuff for the joy of doing it and see what happens. The other thing, too, is that, uh, like, one of the big kind of aha moments in my, like, work career is that, you know, it's like, am I being paid to occupy a space for eight hours or am I being paid to do work? And so it's like, you're like, okay, I need to be in my desk, you know, I'm like, like, the worst I ever had was, like, eight to six was, like, the how long it was. And it was like... What, what, like, if you just need me to occupy this space, like, I, anybody could do that. Like, you're paying me to do work. And that work's done, you know, and now I've got, you know, a half hour and I'm going to screw around on Facebook or whatever. You know, it's like, I did that job, you know, and it's like, you know, from their perspective, it's like, okay, look, we're paying you to be here and all that. But it's like, from your perspective, it's like, you can't stress out about, like, am I working, you know, is every minute of, my day, you know, work is like, for. did I do the job? Did, did they sure. ask me to do these things and I got them done uh, to a satisfactory, you know, level. And, you know, when I, once I figured that out, it's like so much less stress in your life of just like, uh, got, you know, like, uh, I got you know, am I, am I earning this money? It's like, yeah, you got the job done. You get, you earn the money, you know, and sometimes you got to stay later to get the job done. Sometimes you're done early and they won't let you leave because they're jerks. I'm not in that situation now, but I've been in that situation. Thank God. And, yeah. And in that situation, you know, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to screw around, you know, email, get, you know, I'm going to go on Amazon, buy some stuff that I need because, uh, you know, I need courage. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got to accessories. Box. Yes. That's when you <laughs> yeah. perfect the, um, how to look busy. Yes. I perfected that when I work in places like that. I'm like, right, I yeah. can look busy or make myself oh, yeah. look like I'm doing something. And I think that's one interesting thing to come out of the whole pandemic and quarantine is like the whole, oh, you don't have to be at work to do work. There's a very like nanny babysitting culture <clears throat> in corporate America of like, if I, if you're not here and I don't see you, you're not working and it doesn't right. do. Mm-hmm. which is is bull because we've all been doing it we all yeah. been working from home and we get our work done oh no what are you gonna yeah. do you know but i think that can apply to like your hobbies too where you're like you know is it like malcolm cladwell says like ten thousand hours of doing this makes you an expert or, or whatever it is mm-hmm. and it's like don't worry about like the you know it's like oh th- this week you know this week's show is really easy to put together for whatever reason it's like don't you know you don't have to worry about that because you put in the work and it's like you know, all right. Uh, like, did I, it's not wasted time. Maybe, you know, you put energy somewhere that you found out isn't going to, you know, go further, but it's like, that's not, it's not a matter of time. It's a matter of sort of energy and, and of, of, uh, uh, you know, work that you put in and it's like, and then I don't think that's wasted either because, you know, when you're working, you know, it's like exercise, like when you're lifting weights, you're lifting weights, even if you're like working out, uh, uh, you know, a body part that no one cares about. 
you know, even if it's not, even if it's not working out your glutes like Christopher Maloney. Ah, there we go. Okay. Mm. There, oh, there it goes. Yes, so bad. Got it. That's, <laughs> there it is. That's a good time to wrap the show. We've, we've brought it all back to Boom. Christopher Maloney's butt. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but I was half joking because I feel like it is a good time to start uh, careening towards the finish line sure. in, this, in this show. Uh, so what's, what's one thing that we've discussed today that's, you're, you're going to pull away or might have helped you think differently about the question that you brought to us today. You mean, how did we help you? How did we help you? How did we help you, <laughs> did we help you today? Uh, Neil, why don't you go first? I, I think it was what emerged from particularly like a, a bit that Chris and I were, were diving into of like, yeah, where, what is this costing me? Where is it benefiting me? Um, and then that thing that I started exploring about like where where in the timeline of the creativity is there is there cost and is there is there joy um i think it's a really interesting way to start thinking about it i don't again i don't think there's necessarily a numerical breakdown to do but at the very least it's it's worth thinking about like why do i love this what what is what is the fun part of it for me and if it's not fun why am i doing it so Awesome. And then how about you, Ryan? Uh, I think kind of, I think uh, Ralph, you had mentioned this where it's like, you're not, it's, it's, if this isn't, if this isn't bringing you joy anymore, you know, you can step back from it and you, you don't have to quit something and you're not, you know, if you're not doing it for you and you're not doing it like for someone where it's sort of uh, not benefiting you, but it's, you know, it's bringing you joy to bring them joy, that kind of a thing. Like if if it's not really like scratching the itch anymore, like, you can step back and, you know, take a break from it and then maybe come back to it and you'll enjoy it again. Or maybe you don't. And that's not a big deal, but you're not quitting it. It's not that, you know, end decisive, like this is over. We're not talking about it anymore. Uh, goodbye. It's like, all right, we'll just put it on the backboard and move it away from from where you're focusing right now. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it might it might that itch might come back and, it, you know, it might be ready to for the scratching. Absolutely. The, the, uh, the danger of thinking in absolutes. Yeah. Mm. I think that's a great point. Sounds like a great, it also makes you feel more pressure to make a decision. Yay or nay. If you make it so absolute, like Mm -hmm. absolute, Mm -hmm. like it has to be this or that. Yeah. Um, wow. This was a fun conversation. Good work, guys. We've solved the world's problems. Congratulations. All it took was a drunken Zoom call at five o'clock on a Wednesday night. <laughs> um, so uh, it's time for plugs. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Whoever would like to go first of our guests, what uh, tell everybody a little bit about uh, what you're up to now and where they can see you next. I'll go. Um, yeah. So people can follow me on Twitter where I'm at Neil P, as in Peter Bardhan. Um, and uh, I perform with Ryan in our dinner party show uh, through Frigid New York. Um, we have uh, some, some shows upcoming on the schedule, so check us out on Facebook. Um, and then I also perform with The End Crowd. Mm-hmm. Doing some, some short-form improv. Mm. Love The End Crowd. End Crowd is Philly-based. Yeah. As well, we have listeners all over, so we have to be. And we'll soon be, and we'll soon be doing a, a, a mix of streaming and um, in-person shows. Oh, interesting! All right, Ooh. nice. And then, how about you, Ryan? Uh, so, uh, of course, I have uh, my show with Neil, 
my dinner. If you just start typing into Facebook, my dinner with like R, it'll be, it'll be like the first one. You may get RY, but then it'll just pop up. So you don't have to worry about spelling it. Um, so we do that, uh, once a month. And, uh, so come out and you can comment, you can comment along with the show and it's, it's a lot of fun and, uh, you can eat dinner with us virtually. Um, my other show people of interest, uh, is, uh, a fun sort of, uh, interview talk show where I interview, uh, people who are performing characters that I've written. The catch is they don't know who the character is until I'm reading it to them. And so they have to kind of mm-hmm. figure it out on the fly. Ralph has done it uh, many, times. many times yeah. and uh, always, by. always, always just crushed it. Absolutely. <laughs> always one of my, you already, you already got the job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always one of my favorite guests. So if we ever get, you know, if you're having guests again here um, and then um, uh, mean Wendy band, uh, I play bass. We're a comedy band. Well, we're a serious band that has funny lyrics, which we're trying to sort of like carve out now because a lot of times when you say comedy band, they think of like some like a hacky comedian with a guitar who's not good at either mm. a comedy or music. So we try to like we're very good at music and lyrics are fun. Um, so we have a new album coming out in. September, October. We're just finishing it up now. Um, so you can uh, keep a look out for that. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Mean Wendy Band. And um, I play bass and I write some of the songs. Excellent. Such a talented wow. group so, I know, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, I have to say mine now. It's like a five seconds long. <laughs> Uh, well, to keep it brief, I mean, people can find Kristen and I on the, the Hey, Let Me Ask You Something podcast homepage. Um, and then you can also find me at my website, trueenginecoaching.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and LinkedIn. Uh, and then quickly, where can people you find can me? You can visit my website at thephillytherapistkristen.com. My email, if you wanted to reach out to me directly, I am accepting clients right now, is thephillytherapistkristen at gmail.com. I also have a profile on psychology today, which discusses a little bit about my practice and my approach and I do a little bit on Facebook and Instagram. I'm on there, but I'm trying to get myself to be more active so you can look for me there as well. Excellent. And with that, another episode comes to we a close. We kicked off season we two. We kicked off season two Ooh. with a really great yes. uh, uh, guest lineup. Yes, so we appreciate you. you guys being here. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks for having us. Absolutely. People can read more of about you and your bios and where you're going to be at on the podcast homepage. It'll be on this episode's description. So check that out. And uh, that's it. Thank you. Again. Thank you, everybody, for appreciate listening. It. Awesome. Thank and, you. All. Thanks and for having everybody. us. And Bye. we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.